0: You may have heard of the Jewish Agency before. It happens to be the largest Jewish nonprofit organization in the world, whose mission is to strengthen connections between Jews and Israel. Well, the Jewish Agency just announced its newest emissary to the United States, and you might be surprised to learn that this person in this very important role for the Jewish people isn't actually Jewish. Hi, I'm Avi Posen.
1: And I'm Sarah Himmler. The appointment of Radir Kamal Marich, an Israeli Druze woman who previously served in the Knesset, is unprecedented, and to many, this might seem kind of surprising. Why would the Jewish agency want a non-Jewish emissary? And why would an Israeli Druze sign up to represent the Jewish agency and help Jews connect with Israel? This week we're unpacking, who is Radir Kamal Merih? What is the Israeli Druze community? And why is an Israeli Druze representing the Jewish agency?
0: All right, so let's get started by pointing out that this appointment is actually not that surprising. Merich is a perfect representation of Israel's cultural pluralism. She's an Israeli citizen, but not Jewish. She's an Arab, but not a Muslim. She happens to be Druze. She describes herself as quote, the successful career liberal Western woman and at the same time, the simple woman who participates in traditional ceremonies, funerals, and weddings. In her varied career, Marie has worked as an evening news anchor on Israeli TV, a Knesset member with the Blue and White Party, and even a medical technician. Pretty awesome.
1: These paradoxes could drive many in Marie's position to have an identity crisis, but she embraces them as a strength. Marie has said that the seeming contradictions of her identity actually enrich her identity, expand her opportunities, and help her to deal with things differently. That's a great perspective. So that's Marie. But now let's take a step back. Who even are the Druze? Because Avi, most people know Israel has Jews and Muslims and Christians, but they might not be familiar with the Druze.
0: Let's sit back. Grab a snack, and let's jump right into an interesting history lesson. The Druze, not to be confused with the Jews, had once been a part of mainstream Arab Islam, but in the 10th century, a group of Egyptian Muslims broke off to become a distinct religious and ethnic group. The Druze consider themselves Arab and speak Arabic, but they're not Muslim. Their unique monotheistic religion blends elements of Islam, Hinduism, and even classical Greek philosophy. But honestly, we, being non druze don't know much about Druze religious beliefs because they're actually a closely guarded secret, possibly in order to prevent people from misunderstanding them. So it's actually a pretty small religion. Globally, the community numbers around 1 million, with the largest populations living just over the border in Syria and Lebanon. In Israel, the Druze population is about 143,000, which is less than 2% of the total Israeli population. They mostly live in the north, in the regions of the Carmel, the Galilee, and the Golan Heights.
1: Based on a religious obligation, Druze are fiercely loyal citizens to the country where they live. The Druze relationship with the Jewish state is known as a Covenant of Blood, or Brit Damim, a term that evokes their shared sense of loyalty, allegiance, and sacrifice. In Israel, this is illustrated by the fact that 85% of Druze men serve in the IDF, primarily in combat units. This is actually higher than the percentage of Israeli Jews who serve in the army, at a rate of 73%. The Druze community is also highly represented in Israel's government, serving as Knesset members, diplomats, and IDF officials. Relative to the small size of their population in the country, they are integrated into Israeli society at an extraordinary level.
0: That may all be true, but at the same time, the Israeli Druze experience hasn't been perfect. In 2018, many Israeli Druze were enraged when the Knesset passed the controversial nation-state law. At the time, tens of thousands of Druze gathered in Tel Aviv to protest against it. Even though the law is mostly symbolic, It declares that Israel is the national home of the Jewish people, and the law doesn't clearly reiterate equality for all Israeli citizens as it does in Israel's Declaration of Independence. The nation-state law also declared Hebrew to be the official language of Israel, with Arabic downgraded to a special status, leaving the Druze and other Arabic speakers feeling their language was not on equal footing with Hebrew. Samir al-Assad, an Israeli Druze lieutenant colonel in the IDF, expressed the sentiment that many in his community felt, quote, Israel is my country. I am proud to be an Israeli, but this law made me feel humiliated, end quote.
1: But despite these challenges, the bond between the Jews and Druze appears to be strong. Even in the wake of protests against the nation state bill, most Druze said they would still continue to serve with distinction in the army because it's their country and they are Israeli. Amal Nasser al-Din, a former Druze member of the Israeli government, explained that the relationship between Israeli Jews and Druze continues to be strong. Quote, the state of Israel is a Jewish state as well as a democratic state that espouses equality and elections. This is a blood pact and a pact of the living, end quote.
0: But to really understand the relationship between Israel and the Druze, you have to go back, way, way back. I'm talking biblical times here. We all remember Moshe, Moses, the leader of the Israelites, who brought them out of slavery in Egypt and through 40 years in the desert. Well, he had a father-in-law, Yitro, or Jethro, who was the high priest of Midian. And the Druze regard Jethro as their ancestor, chief prophet, and spiritual founder. It's actually pretty interesting because in the Bible, Jethro, though initially an outsider to the Israelites, had committed himself to the people and to their cause, much like the Druze and their connection with the Jewish people today. Anyways, fast forward a few millennia to the time of the British Mandate, before the founding of the State of Israel. During this period, here and there, conflicts erupted between the Druze and Muslim communities and the Jewish and Druze communities began working together and forging alliances. Rami Zaidan, a professor at the University of Kansas who specializes in the history of Druze in Israel, quite the specialty, explained, quote, both communities were minorities at that time. So some Druze villages established individual alliances with the Jewish communities around them, end quote.
1: On the eve of Israel's 1948 War of Independence, the Jewish and Arab communities each tried to recruit the Druze to join their side. According to Yoav Gelber, a history professor at the University of Haifa and author of Jews and Druze in the War of 1948, the IDF, the foreign ministry, and the predecessor of the Mossad, or secret service, were all active in cultivating the Druze connection. However, many Druze leaders preached a stance of neutrality in the conflict. Gelber wrote that there was a difference of opinion among Druze leaders about whether this neutrality was a mask concealing their real position of support for the Jews, or whether their position was actually impartial. But either way, the Jewish community's efforts ultimately prevailed and the Druze community fought by Israel's side during the 1948 war. And after Israel's victory in the establishment of the state, the two communities continued to grow closer. In 1956, Israel passed a law extending mandatory military service to Druze men. Some historians argue that the Druze agreed to send their community members to the army due to pressure from the Israeli government. But others see evidence that the Druze leadership actually asked the government to make the change, believing that military service would help their efforts to integrate into Israeli society.
0: So now let's fast forward to 2021. Yes, the Druze and Jewish communities are close, but why is the Druze representing the Jewish agency? marie said in a statement that her appointment to the Jewish agency would, quote, enable another Israeli voice to be heard. Conveying the multifaceted reality of Israel to both Jewish and non-Jewish audiences. She added, My unique identity as a woman from the Druze community will greatly contribute to my service, resulting in meaningful and innovative activities that will challenge and change perceptions. End quote. Indeed, many people would be surprised to learn that there are many more religious and ethnic groups who live in Israel beyond just Jews and Arabs the Jewish state's diverse population also includes Christians, Druze, Bedouins, Circassians, Baha'i, and many others. Daniel Elbaum, head of North America at the Jewish Agency for Israel, told This Week Unpacked that Merich was uniquely positioned to convey the diverse reality of Israel. Quote, Radir is the right person in the right city at the right time to make a real impact in how Israel is understood. After noting that one in four Israelis is not Jewish, Elbaum added, quote, it is extremely important for Jews and non-Jews to understand the real Israel. Like any minority in any country, the Jews face challenges, but there are also judges, doctors, business executives, journalists, and yes, members of government. Radir's story is Israel's story, and we know it is an important one for Americans to hear, end quote.
1: Marie has called her own experience, quote, a model of successful minority integration in Israel. In 2017, she made history as the first non-Jewish woman in Israel to anchor the evening news in Hebrew. Marie was initially afraid that Israeli society wouldn't accept a Druze news anchor, but her experience proved the opposite to be true, quote, the acceptance of me was amazing. People were thirsty for something else, for a new face on screen," end quote. Two years later, in the wake of the controversial nation state law, Marie decided to enter politics. She broke another barrier and became the first Druze woman to serve in the Knesset. Quote, I covered the protests against the law. And as a journalist, I tried to remain neutral, but I really wanted to scream and cry out, what are you doing? My goal was to fix the law and achieve equality for all minorities." End quote.
0: To become a Knesset member, she had to overcome challenges both from within her own community and Israeli society at large. Quote, the Druze community is very conservative and patriarchal, Marich told the Washington Post, that's why we've not had any women in politics until now. On the other hand, no Israeli political party ever asked a Druze woman to join them."
1: Marik's appointment comes as many American college campuses have been the site of intense anti-Israel rhetoric and activism. El acknowledged that one person alone can't erase the challenges Israel faces on college campuses. But he was hopeful that Marie could help bring students' perceptions of Israel closer to reality. Quote: If Israel's adversaries are interested in having a real debate about Israel and not relying on misinformed and offensive comparisons, Gadir is a proud part of that nation they malign. She will be sharing her firsthand candid account of her her family, and her community's lives as Israelis." Elbaum added, quote, We continue to have faith that the overwhelming number of college students, like the overwhelming number of Americans, are fair-minded and interested in learning more. Radir is eager to be part of that education process, end quote.
0: Maybe what makes Marik a powerful representative of Israel is precisely that her identity is not solely one thing. After all, the state of Israel, a Jewish state that's also home to many diverse ethnic groups and demographics, isn't one thing either. This has been the case since Israel's founding. Israel's Declaration of Independence establishes Israel as the national homeland of the Jewish people and also promises that it will quote, ensure complete equality of social and political rights to all of its inhabitants regardless of religion, race, or sex." In many ways, as fiercely loyal citizens of Israel who are not Jewish, the Druze community showcases the paradox of Israel as both a Jewish and multicultural state. Their story is a reminder that just like people, democracies and countries are complex and multifaceted. That may create some messy situations, but ultimately, As Marich said herself, being more than one thing is a good thing.
1: Thanks for listening. This episode was hosted by me, Sarah Himlis.
0: And me, Avi Posen. This Week Unpacked is a production of Unpacked, a division of Open Door Media. Make sure you don't miss future episodes by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the podcast, rate and review us and share it with your friends. We want to hear what you think, too. Hit us up. You can shoot us an email at podcast at JewishUnpack.com.
1: This episode was written by me, Sarah Himmelis, with editing by Avi Posen and John Kunza, and audio engineered by Rob Perra. Rifki Stern is our producer, and Noam Weissman is the executive producer of This Week Unpacked. Thanks for listening. See you next week.